Sefer Breshis deals with the story of creation. Uh, the way I understand it, the story of creation was brought down in the Torah not in order that we should understand historically how the world came into being or in order that we should learn certain scientific facts from the way the Torah describes the creation of the world, but in order that we should understand uh, the philosophically or spiritually how to relate to the rest of the world, how to re- relate to God as creator of the world, man's role within the universe. And within that context is a very, very important pasuk. In Perak Aleph, Pasuk of Zayin, Vayivra Elokim et Adam b'tzalmo, b'tzalm Elokim bara uto zachar u'nekeva bara utam. God created man in his image as it was. God created man b'tzalm Elokim. Uh, this idea repeats itself uh, in Pashas Noach, Shofech dama Adam b'damo yishafech. If somebody kills uh, a person, he will also be killed. Ki b'tzalm Elokim asayat Adam. Because man was created in the image of God. Um, in a different phrase, a different phrase is used in Perakeh uh, Pasuk Aleph, not Selm Elohim, but Mut Elohim, Zes Sefer Toldot Adam, Biyom Bra Elohim Adam, Bidmut Elohim Asaoto. Here the Torah describes Hakash uh, Baruch who is creating uh, man, Bidmut Elohim. We're not going to deal with the difference right now between Selm Elohim and Mut Elohim. Uh, I'm sure there are important differences, but for our purposes right now, we're going to deal with the concept that man was created B'Tselem Elohim. Uh, and the idea of that man was created B'Tselem Elohim certainly has brought a very, very important message to the world in general about how we relate to man uh, philosophically, how we relate to man uh, spiritually, man's role vis-a-vis the rest of creation, man's role vis-a-vis God. Uh, and uh, there's no doubt that in terms of... Uh, you know, philosophical study and research, the idea of Tzelmo Kim is very, very important also regarding our ethical sensitivity. The idea of man being created by Tzelmo Kim is a very, very important concept. What we want to discuss today is to what extent to this important concept and the value that the Torah places on man as being created by Tzelmo Kim, to what extent does that also have ramifications regarding halacha? Uh, for instance, um, there are many, many values that aren't specifically mitzvos that do have ramifications regarding halacha. Um, the Torah is concerned with with the wealth of people and their and and the, and the property that they own, and therefore hefsin meruba, the possible loss of property or loss of money, will be a concern of halacha and will be and will be one of the factors that are factored into uh, deciding various different rules and using de- various different leniencies. The idea of tzar balichai is is again it's a, it's a value the Torah is concerned with Tzar Baal and therefore Tzar Baal will be a factor that can be uh, implemented regarding the halachic discourse. To what extent is the idea of Tzar Baal which is a very, very basic and primary idea of Yadus, to what extent does Tzar Baal also uh, implement itself regarding the halachic discourse? And uh, we'll begin our discussion with a, uh, or before that, there's a Sifra, Torah's Kohanim in Kedoshim, that... Uh, Says as follows: Rabbi Akiva Omer Torah. We all know that uh, Rabbi Akiva's statement that Vahafta Reacha Kamocha is Zeklal Gadol Torah. Ben Azay Omer Zes Sefer Toldot Adam Zeklal Gadol Mizeh. There's a higher rule than the rule of Vahafta Reacha Kamocha, and that's 
Zeh Sefer Toldot Adam, according to the Raivid, Zeh Sefer Toldot Adam is referring to the rest of the Pasuk, Bidmut Elohim Asaoto, the fact that man was created, Bidmut Elohim, or Bitzelem Elohim, because that's a higher klal, that's a more universal klal, than the idea of Hathorecha Kamocha, which might be limited to to the Jewish people. Uh, so the idea of Tzelem Elohim is Zeh Klal Gadol Torah, according to According to according to Ben Azai, even greater than the idea of a haftal reach Okay, let's see how this implements itself from a uh, halachic perspective, and we'll begin our discussion with a pasuk in Devarim. If somebody will be will you know will have a, a, a capital punishment against him, and he gets skila, and you have to, uh, you have to hang him on a tree. Lo talin nivlato al eitz ki kavor tigbrenu bayom ahu ki kilat elokim talui. You shouldn't leave his body on the tree. Because you put him on the tree after he's already killed in order to show, in order, in a, as part of the punishment, in order to warn the rest of the people. But you have to take the body down before nightfall. Ki kilat elokim talui lo tatame et admatcha shem lokecha noten lachanachala. And here it gives different two different reasons. One, kikilat elokim taloi, the as as it were, the curse of of God is is hanging, and you should not defile your land. Uh, the Tagum Yonasan, I quote the Tirgum of the Tagum Yonasan in Hebrew. It's actually not Tagum Yonasan, but it's Tagum Yushami. That's Miyuchas to Yonasan. Says that the idea of kikilat elokim taloi is because man was created bidyokin shel Hashem. Um, and therefore, if you see the body of a man uh, hanging on a tree, that, that and a man was created in the image of God, that's a zilzal or bizayon to Hakadosh Baruch Hu himself. Um, and uh, the idea of, of Tagum Yonasan is echoed in a mission in Sanhedrin, but we'll see that in Sanhedrin there are two different opinions. Um, the mission in Sanhedrin says. The Imlan, if you do leave the body on the tree, even into the night, over you violate a negative commandment. In other words, according to the, the mission of Sanhedrin, the first opinion of the mission of Sanhedrin, the idea of kilat alokim taloi has nothing to do at all with the fact that man was created with selma alokim, but the reason that this person uh, received skila, and the reason that he is hung on the tree is because he was macharif umagalif akadosh baruch hu. He cursed God, and uh, and therefore, when one looks at him, one remembers the terrible hate that he did, the fact that God was God was cursed, chas v'shalom, and therefore you have to take him down before nightfall. In other words, kilat elokim talui has absolutely nothing to do with selma elokim. It has to do with his avera rather than what he symbolizes and what he might represent or what he might. R- remind us of. And then comes along Rabbi Meir uh, and says, One violates this love not only if one leaves somebody who is Macharif and Magadif, somebody who blasphemed God on the tree, but anybody that doesn't bury his, his uh, somebody who he's responsible to bury uh, also violates this, this Lotase. In other words, Rav Meir broadens this beyond the case of Macharif or Magarif, the blasphemer. And the Gemara brings a brisa of the Shita Rav Meir. Tanya Omer Rav Meir, Mashlo, 
What is this similar to? There are two twin brothers. One of the twin brothers became a king. The other one became a robber. The Melech, they caught the robber, and they had to, they, he, he said that he, they have to hang the twin brother. Anybody that looks at the person who's hanging on the tree says, oh, the king is, is, is hanging on the tree. Therefore, the Melech commanded that they should take him down off the tree. Uh, so what this Gemara does is deal with the idea of man was created with Selma Lukim, as Rashi mentions, and, uh, and, and therefore we do have a mitzvah in Torah that's based on the concept of Selma Lukim, the idea that if somebody dies, he has to be buried. And this, of course, according to our mayor, applies not only to somebody that was a blasphemer and is hanging on the tree, but anybody that dies should be buried that same day. And you shouldn't, you know, if it's possible, it's for Kavar you, sh- you have to bury him on that day. You shouldn't be over a lotalin nivlato. So according to our mayor, the idea of Tzemel Kim uh, relates to the, the idea that one has to bury a mate, uh, or else you violate or mevaze the Tzemel Kim Sheba Adam. And that way you also, uh, it's a bizarre for HaKadosh Baruch himself. However, this sheet of, uh, of Rabeir, there are at least two different Rishon that understood it differently, that it's really not based on the universal concept of Tzel Malukim. For instance, Rashi, as opposed to what Rashi writes in Sanhedrin, Rashi ala Torah seems to limit this idea of Lotalin specifically to a Jew. Rashi says, uh, because man was created in Selma Lokim, the Israel Heim Banav. In other words, in general, man looks, it was created by Selma Lokim. But Israel are not only in general Selma Lokim, they are actually Banav, children, Kaviyachol of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And therefore, uh, the, a Jew is more reminiscent of God than a guy is. And according to Rashi, at least Allah Torah, it sounds like he limits the idea of Lotalin specifically to a Jew and not to man in general. If so, the din of Lotalin, I would assume, according to Rashi, cannot be a ramification of the idea of Tselem Elohim, but rather the fact that Yisrael are Banim Lamakom. The Ramban uh, broadens it to an Anju as well. However, the Ramban limits it to Eretz Yisrael, uh, Ramban al Torah. Um, as I mentioned, the, the Pasuk talks about Kikilat Elohim Taloi Velot Tamei Etat Matcha. And uh, the Rabban has that Yoshua, when he hung all the Machiktan, nevertheless he took them down off the tree and he buried them uh, before nightfall uh, because uh, it was in Eretz Israel and you can't defile the land. So, of course, again, if the problem is one of defiling the land, it can't be a ramification of the concept of Tzel Malukim. Tzel Malukim, we would assume, is a universal uh, halacha that applies to all man that was created in the, in the image of God, and it also applies in all places in the world, not limited to Eretz Yisrael. So, although it's possible to understand the Gemara in Sanhedrin as relating to uh, the idea of Tzel Malukim, uh, it's not at all clear, it's two deos in, in, the, in the Mishnah, um, and within the Day of Rameir, who seems to broaden it to, to any case of a mace, 
Nevertheless, it could be limited to Jews or limited to Eretz Yisrael, Rashi, and the Ramban. There's the Gemara in Gitin that might support this limitation. Uh, the Gemara brings in Tzamechalal from Aleph says Kovin Nachrim in Shalom. The only reason that you have to bury uh, non-Jewish, um, not, non, not, non-Jewish uh, bodies together with Meitei Yisrael is because of Dachi Shalom. If you only bury Jews and not non-Jews, that would create. Um, a lack of shalom between Jews and non-Jews, and therefore when you bury Jews, you have to bury non-Jews together with them. Now, if the idea of meis mitzvah, burying it, lotalim, would include non-Jews as well, you wouldn't need dachei shalom. So there are those that use this Gemara and Gittin to support uh, that, uh, that lim- those limitations, and therefore it can't be the universal idea of tzema lokim, but uh, it's very, very possible that the Gemara and Gittin specifically is dealing with a situation where you have Jews and non-Jews together and you, and you only choose to bury the Jews as opposed to the non-Jews when there are other people that can deal with the non-Jews. The fact that you're limiting it and only burying it, burying the Jews, that's a, a lack of Dafi Shalom. But if there would be nobody else to bury the non-Jew, you might be chayv to bury him because of the idea of Tzelem Elokim. For instance, uh, if there would be a pigua, chas v'shalom, and Jews and non-Jews would be killed, and uh, you only bury, bury the Jews, not Jews. You know, making those separations would be a problem of Dach Shalom. But, uh, but in general, the, there might be a chiv to bury a non-Jew as well because of the idea of Tzelem Elokim and the idea of Baltalin. So the, the Gemara and Gittin is not necessarily a proof. Let's go on to uh, another mitzvah. Um, the sugya of Kavod Abiyos. There is a very famous Gemara in uh, in Brachos on Daf Yitesh and Beis Daf Chafam Ralef that deals with Kavod Abiyos, Gadol Kavod Abiyos Shedoche Lota Seishem Torah, and according to uh, the Gemara. It's not doesn't allow you to violate a negative commandment unless it's passively violating the negative commandment. You can violate a Torah law based on Kavar Abriyos. If Kavar Abriyos is being compromised, you can violate a Torah law uh, passively uh, or a rabbinic law even actively. So Kavar Abriyos is a, is a very, very important factor when it comes to, to halacha and it has ramifications. Now, is this idea of Kavar Abriyos, is that to be identified with Selma Lukim? is the reason that we have to have Kavar Abiyos. For instance, one of the examples, the example the Gemara deals with, is if somebody is walking in the street and he's wearing shatnas, you know, is he forced to, he's violating the Isra of shatnas, does he have to simply take off all his clothes and, and be naked in the middle of Shusarabim? That would be a violation of Kavar Abiyos. Is that idea of Kavar Abiyos based on the idea of Tzelma Lokim? Or is it some other idea? So this apparently would be a machokis between the Rishonim, um, Rashi, or there are some Achron that say the idea of Kavar Abriyos is limited to Jews, and it doesn't apply to non-Jews. Uh, and they base themselves on Rashi in Sanhedrin, Dafnin Hei and Aleph. It's talking about an idea of Kalon, um, in which a, there's a certain demeaning, uh, there's a demeaning of, of a person uh, in a certain situation. For instance, the Gemara talks about Nachri Abal Behema. Mahu. Uh, if, if a Jew has relations with an animal, so you kill the animal. And the world wants to know why. Is it because that animal was a takala? It, uh, it, it, it caused danger? And therefore, 
you get rid of that animal because it, because this person um, a person violated a law because of that animal, or is it also because of color that uh, there's a certain bizayon and people when they see that animal you know will remember the terrible bizayon that happened to the person as well. And the nafkamin according to the gemara is nachri. If a nachri a non-Jew has relations with an animal, do you kill the animal or not? Takala vikalon be'inan? Do you kill the animal because he was both a takala as well as a kalon? Or haka kalon ika kalon leka? There's no kalon with respect to a non-Jew uh, when, that has relations with an animal. It's only problem of takala because one of the shogmasus b'nei noach also do not allow a ben noach to have relations with an animal. So there was a takala, but there's no kalon. Why was there no kalon? So Rashi gives two reasons. The first reason is darko b'kach vein mispayishim. They're, they're, they're not embarrassed. Uh, the second reason is, the, the Torah was not concerned with the cover or the, or the embarrassment of an un-Jew. Uh, if so, the idea of cover abrios would be limited to Jew, and therefore there are achronim that base themselves on this Rashi, and say cover abrios is only regarding a Jew, not regarding a non-Jew, and the, the idea that cover abrios could be doche, lo Torah, passively, or or a drabanan actively does not apply uh, if a covered abrios of a non-Jew were at stake. On the other hand, Rambam is very, very explicit. In Echel Sanhedrin, uh, he says, Al ya covered abrios kal be'inav, in Perch of Dal HaLachayud, Shrei doche et lo tasei shel devreim, ve'kol shayin kavu b'nei avam Yisak v'yakov, ha'machziki b'torat ha'emet. Because covered abrios, it's very, very explicit that according to the Rambam, the idea of covered abrios is applies to non-Jew as well, and certainly you have to be makbid uncovered of Bnei Avram Yisak Yaakov, who received the Torah as well. But the fact that Kavod Abrios applies to non-Jews is explicit in the Rambam in Hechos Sanhedrin. So again, according to the Rambam, one can assume that the idea of Kavod Abrios, it's not assumed, it's explicit in the Rambam, that Kavod Abrios applies to non-Jews as well as to Jews, and therefore I would assume that that's based on the idea that when man was created with Selim and since man was created with Selim that demands uh, you know, a certain amount of cover that you have to have for, for man, uh, and therefore Kavod Abrios certainly would affect the... Kavod uh, Abrios uh, is based on the concept of of Tzelbalukim and has serious ramifications lahalacha. However, according to Rashi, Kavod um, Abrios is limited to Jews, and I would assume, therefore, it's not based on Tzelim Elokim. The uh, if one looks in Chuvos and uh, does a search on Tzelim Elokim and, and and searches to what extent the Tzelim Elokim actually used as a factor in uh, various different shuvos, one is actually quite disappointed. Um, it doesn't make its way into too many shuvos. There are a few shuvos that, that have used the concept of Tzel Molokim. Uh, one, for instance, is based on a, a, a medrash. The Abiyah Omer deals with the question of whether one can wash on Erev Shabbat Chazon. And he gives us a number of different reasons why one is able to take a shower in hot water and wash his entire body on Erev Shabbat Chazon. First of all, according to Sfaradim, uh, Shavuot Shechabo doesn't start until after Shabbos. 
And according to Sfaradim, the Isrum only applied to Shvur Shachabo and not to all the nine days. Um, and then furthermore, not only has Shvur Shachabo not begun, but beyond that, there's a mitzvah to take a shower before Shabbos, the Chavot Shabbos. And then he adds... And furthermore, there's also another idea, Gomel Nafsho Zehilel, and Rabbi Avad Yosef is referring to a, uh, a, a, a medrash in Vayikaraba that says as follows, Gomel Nafsho Ishchesed Zehilel Hazakein. Hilel Hazakein B'Shashayan Nifta Mitamidav Hayamahalach Vaholech. Hilel Hazakein said goodbye to his Talmidim and started walking. Amulah Talmidav, Rebbe, Lechana Taolech, where are you going? So he said, Lasos Mitzvah, I'm going to do a mitzvah. Amulah, V'chimah Mitzvah Hillel, said, what mitzvah are you doing? Amulahem, Lirchos B'merchatz, I'm going to wash in the baths. Amulah, V'zohi Mitzvah, is that a mitzvah? Amulah, in, yes, it's a mitzvah. Umayim ikoni oshalom lachim, shemamidim osa bebatei teatriot, ubatei karkasiot, shalahem. Take a look at all the psalms that they made in honor of the kings. They wash them, they clean them, they, they make sure it's in good condition. We that were created Certainly, we have to go to the bath to make sure and take care of our hygiene and our bodies because we were created with Selim Alokim. So the Abiyah Omer uh, builds off this medrash and he says, therefore, not only is there a mitzvah of washing the Kavod Shabbos and not only has Shavosh HaKadon not, not, not started, but there's also a mitzvah to take a shower and to make sure that you're clean and, and you take care of your body. And therefore, one is allowed to Take a shower with hot water on Erev Shabbat Chazon. So the Abiyah Omer, uh, Rabbavad Yosef, factors in this medrash that's based on the idea of Tzalol Kim as a reason to use the leniency uh, to, to wash with hot water one's whole body uh, on cer- in certain circumstances. Um, there's an interesting Fitzel Yezer who brings a very interesting case where a person was holding a Sefer Torah, a Rav was holding a Sefer Torah, and he fell down, and the Torah fell down, and uh, his Rebbe saw this and helped the Rebbe, helped his, the, his Rebbe get up first, and then he picked up the Sefer Torah. And then there was a diun that, that the Tzitzel Yezer brings, whether he acted properly. What should you do? Should you pick up the Rebbe first, or you should pick up the Sefer Torah first? And... Um, he brings a, uh, a tshuva of Hagon HaTzadik, Rabbi Yitzhak Tzvi Sofer, Ba'amachabah Sefer, Mispar HaSofer, Birur Hilchati Ima Talmud Tovasa. The Talmud that picked up the Rebbe first, was he, did he act properly? Sheikim Ikorim Etara V'achar Kach Etas Sefer Torah. V'achrei Shehivi Divrei Aran, Dechavar HaTorah Adif, first he brought the Ran that if you have to weigh Kovar Torah or Kovar Arab, Kovar Torah takes precedence over Kovar Arab. And as far as Kovar is concerned, you should first pick up the Sefer Torah and only later on help your Rebbe get up.
אבל אם שניהם מוטלים בביזיון, אזי ביזיון של אדם עדיף. But if the Rebbe is sprawled on the floor in a way that's ביזיון for him, לכן יש להציל הקודם בביזיון אפילו אין אותם לחכם. Then you have to pick up the person before you pick up the Sefer Torah. You know, as far as COVID is concerned, if they're not sprawled on the ground, but they just fell, and you have to mechab the Sefer Torah before you mechab the person. But if they're sprawled on the floor in a way that's very, very not mechabedik, that's, that's actually bizayon, then you pick up the Rebbe first. Not only the Rebbe, you pick up a human being first, even if he's not your Rebbe. You have to pick up a human being before you pick up the Sefer Torah. Because as far as um, bizayon is concerned, Man that was created with Selma Lukim takes precedence. You, you, you have to neutralize the desire of man before you pick up the Sefer Torah. Man that was created with Selma Lukim, if he's in a position that is, is very, very Mevazahim and Mevazah the Selma Lukim, you have to pick him up before you pick up the Sefer Torah. Again, a very, very interesting application, halach ala of the concept of tzelmolokim. Another place where I saw the idea of tzelmolokim brought is in a tshuva of Rav Kuk, Shut Das Kohen, where he deals with the use of human bodies for, uh, for, for helping to train doctors. And he, uh, and he deals with the question of whether one can use Jewish bodies, or one has to use non-Jewish bodies, and he has a very, very interesting application of the idea of Tzema Lokim, a very, very surprising and interesting application, uh, where he concludes that one should buy only non-Jewish bodies and not Jewish bodies. Zemikvar bai lai she'elato, it's in Simon Kuf Tzadik Tess in Shut Das Kohen, Zemikvar bai lai she'elato, binyan ha-meitim ha-jushim b'shvil ha-nituach she'libud refuah. We need bodies in order to train doctors. Since defiling or, or, or the, an, uh, a body is a issa which is miyuchad to Jews because of the sanctity that a Jewish body has, just like we have certain laws, dietary laws, that deal with the Kedusha of Israel, as opposed to man in his natural state, because we're called a holy nation, regarding Goyim, they, they're not concerned with Kedusha, they're concerned with the natural natural existence. And therefore, they don't have to limit themselves to eating certain things that introduce Kedusha Saguf. They can eat everything because they eat things and they, they take care of their bodies on a natural level. Because what he says is that when we talk about Selim or the idea of our concern of defiling or demeaning a a, uh, a human body. So one has to separate between two different aspects. There's an aspect of Kedusha, holiness and sanctity that we award to that body, and then there's also, uh, we have to be concerned with natural phenomena. What he claims is that using bodies in order to train doctors, or for scientific research for that matter, that's a natural use of, of a dead body because it's coming for the benefit of man. And therefore, if we're only dealing with 
the idea of Tzemel Kim from a, na- from a natural perspective, then one would be able to use those bodies that's there for the good of mankind and for the development of, of science and, 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 uh, and for training of doctors because it comes to serve man in a natural way and it's a, and it's a reasonable use. In other words, from a natural perspective, it's not considered as defiling the body, but it's using the body in a productive way. On the other hand, Jews, uh, regarding Jews, is not only the idea of Tzermol Kim from the national, from the natural perspective, there's also the idea of sanctity of the of the Jewish body, um, and therefore Jews have certain dietary laws uh, that deal with the kedusha, as opposed to uh, simply a natural perspective, and therefore for Jews the idea of nivul is not is not a, there's no leniency to be manavel the mace when it's needed for natural causes. We have to be concerned for the kedusha of Israel as well, and therefore of course this with, with this very interesting split between. How to understand Selvalukim, uh, on the one hand, looks at Selvalukim as being universal, but nevertheless looks at the idea of how one has to treat a Jewish body as being different than a non-Jewish body, because Jews have inherent sanctity, as opposed to non-Jews where it's only on the natural level. Okay. Um, given that as it may, uh, I think one has to admit that the Although there are a few tshuvas that deal with Selma Lokim and, and, and factor it into halachic decisions in interesting ways, uh, the, the Rabbi Avad Yosef, Rav Kuk, the Tzetzel Yezer, uh, one has to admit that the use of Selma Lokim as an overarching value that should, that should have ramifications regarding halacha seems to be uh, very, very um, minimal. Um, and I was greatly re- troubled by by the fact that there's no greater use of Tzel Malukim regarding Halacha. Of course, it could be that Kavar Abrios might be the idea of Tzel Malukim. It could be the Esau of Baltan is based on the idea of Tzel Malukim. Um, but nevertheless, the, the use of Tzel Malukim uh, in Halacha seems to be very, very limited. And uh, Yisrael Lichtenstein about this. And uh, he told me that uh, Tzel Malukim is limited because, Tzel, because it's so broad. Because Selvokim is so basic that it affects so much. And therefore, the halachic ramifications have to do with the Isser of, of, uh, Shrikas Damim in the Quran, Isser Ratzichas, based on Selvokim. According to, uh, the Zabedrish that the Mitzvah Puruvu is based on Selvokim. The way that we treat, uh, human beings with respect, the, our entire ethical world. Of the Yisrael of Rachilus, of, of, of sensitivity in all different ways. The way that we treat our fellow men, it's all based on Selmolokim. So there are, you know, it's, it's not, Selmolokim is so overarching and so broad that it affects halacha in so many different ways. So the, the, the halacha does express itself in, in, in many, many different ways because it's an overarching law that affects many, many different dinim of the way that man uh, the way that the Torah and Yadus relates to man. So, you know, how we have to be concerned and sensitive to, to, to our fellow man, not only fellow Jew, but to our fellow man, all that is based on the concept of Tzalem So, the idea of Tzalem is very, very basic to, to Yadus and does have a lot of ramifications regarding, uh, regarding Halacha, Although it's used specifically in shuvos, since it since it it it, uh, it expresses itself 
in many, many other halachas that flow from the concept of Tzel Mulkim, the use of Tzel Mulkim as a value in and of itself in the halachic discourse becomes more limited because the, it affects many, many different halachas that flow from the general concept of Tzel Mulkim, Ki Bitzel Mulkim, Bara Et HaAdam.